Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you, and God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the opportunity to be disciples. We thank you for the privilege of not having to live with anger and bitterness and rage when we go through trials. We thank you that we don't have to live unredeemed without hope. We thank you that we get to be the people of God and that we get to live differently on planet Earth. And we ask that you would help us, each one of us, Lord, to walk closely with you. We ask that you would help us Lord, be people as we go through our good days and as we go through our hard days to be Christ followers. And I just pray for every person in the room today. I pray, Lord God, that you would give them supernatural strength in the journey that they're on as they walk through whatever they're going through, as, they're, as they walk through family dynamics or maybe relational hardship, as they walk through financial challenges, as they are called to new things. Whatever it is, I just pray your strength and your blessing on them. In Jesus' name, and all of Radiant said, amen. amen. James chapter one, here we go. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy. This is James. He just kind of goes right after it. It's a quick greeting. And if you know James, James is, uh, this is not the disciple James. This is the brother of Jesus. So we would say the half brother of Jesus. Obviously we know that Jesus is, born of Father God, and, um, but after, after Mary gave birth to Jesus, uh, they went on to have more children, and James would have been the little brother of Jesus. Have no idea what it'd be like to be the brother of Jesus. Can't imagine how that must have been to have a perfect sibling. Um, my sister Deborah is here. She's my triplet. She knows what it's like. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Where is she? And uh, that wasn't funny. And and so, but, 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 but this is his brother. And so James jumps into some pretty, pretty big theology here, right, at the get-go. He, sometimes Paul will say kind of grace and peace and kind of give a little update, but James is pretty hard-hitting, and he goes right into verse 2 where he says, consider it pure joy as he speaks to those scattered, those believers. So obviously James writing here and he's speaking to those that are following Jesus across the Roman Empire that are going through persecution. And so he says to those who are suffering undoubtedly, similar to how he is, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all who, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstance ought to take pride in their high position. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take, uh, is that right? Am I reading that right? But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises in scorching heat with, uh, and, and withers the plant. Its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their busyness. And then verse 12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. 
having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those who love him. So here James speaking to uh, first century persecuted believers. And I think when we read this, undoubtedly, we begin to kind of wonder, can I compare what those believers were going through in terms of suffering or difficulty to my own experience Clearly, we live in a time that is a little bit different. First century Christianity was experiencing a a more severe form of suffering, difficulty, trials than we would experience in 21st century America. But nonetheless, I believe that the text here is apropos for you and for me. It's not just for them, it's for us. As you go through whatever trials and whatever difficulty you go through, obviously we live in a blessed nation. We live in a, a blessed time to be alive uh, and, and our trials are different. This week I was at uh, Deanna Rose, which is a, the park around here. It's pretty nice. I took my kids there and uh, I think it's worth raising my kids in Kansas City just for Deanna Rose because that place is awesome. And um, Anyway, we saw the, the one schoolhouse room and took my kids in there. It looked just like Little House on the Prairie, which Little House on the Prairie was one of the only shows that I was allowed to watch when I grew up. Um, I could watch Jesus of Nazareth, Highway to Heaven, and Little House on the Prairie. If it had Jesus or Michael Landon, it was saved. And so uh, we could watch that. And we're, I'm watching this, uh, just, just, just hanging out in this classroom, and this lady is telling us about how hard these kids had it as they brought pails to school, and they didn't have pizza, and they didn't have iPads. And, and you know, it was a little bit more challenging season than what my kids are in, and a little bit harder than iPads and homeschool. And And I was just thinking as I was thinking about these early Christians and as James is writing to them, and of course James would be someone who eventually would lose his life for the gospel and be martyred. And he's speaking to people that are actually going through a form of suffering. And I think for each one of us, you know, we live in a time where because we have so much blessing, it's easy to imagine that we won't go through suffering. Like that one of the things we wanna figure out with our lives is, How do I live in 21st century America and not go through anything difficult? How do I have my finances be just so and my food be just so and my sleep be just right and my relationships be just right so that I can live like I see everybody else living on Instagram, you know, just perfect. Everything's beautiful and everything's right. But you and I would both say that we know that to not be true, that even though there are some people that might talk about following Jesus, that you come and follow Jesus and everything goes well. Well, undoubtedly, I think that that's not the story that you and I have experienced. Surely, as you've followed Jesus, as you've made a decision to follow Jesus, it is, there have been some great days and there's been some days filled with victory and there's been days where you have, would say without a doubt that, man, it's, it feels blessed, but surely all of us have to face this reality, much like James is saying here that trials are real and that you're gonna go through trials. And even Christians who live in beautiful Kansas City with Deanna Rose around the corner and uh, Froyo not too far away and, and Facebook and the good life, even you in the midst of all the good things that you have as a Christ follower, we would know that we too face trials that you're not getting out of trials. Come on, David, be positive. This is really sad. No, this is just James. All right, I'm just taking the text here, verse two. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. And so this is not if you face trials. This is certainly when 
you face trials. And so, friend, I wanna encourage you as your pastor that you're gonna go through some days where it seems awesome and where it feels great and it feels like things are going well. But surely, even as a Christ follower, you do have a God who does allow you to go through hardship. And you do this as a parent, right? You do allow your children to go through some hard things so that, and this will be the second point, so that they get better. Like you in your love and in the fact that you, in the fact that I love my kids, when my kids say to me, dad, please, can I sleep in and skip school today and eat ice cream all day and play Nintendo, not Nintendo, Xbox. Sorry, my generation. Uh, you know, I'm a, a good father that says, no, absolutely not. And they say, I am suffering. <laughs> and I would say, I got a dream for your life. It's called a job. And the only way that we'll get there is if you go through getting up out of bed and embrace the suffering of working, right? And you've got a, <laughs> and you've got a God. Every parent just said yes. You've got a God that the crazy thing is, is, is as, much as, as much as it is challenging to go through hardship, to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, you do have a loving father and he is at work in the midst of what feels like hardship and trial. And undoubtedly your emotion and my emotion in the midst of a trial does not enjoy the hardship. But if we take James at his word, we gotta believe that God is at work in the midst of the trial. And never do your emotions feel like I wanna go through the trial. But it's in the midst of the trial that your mind has to engage. Okay, omnipotent God who has all power. Okay, omniscient God who knows all things. I am your son, I am your daughter. And in the midst of this trial, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing and I don't know why this is happening. My faith is not in myself and my own ability to take hold of this and fix this. I will consider it pure joy when I face trials. And even though you don't feel it, this is your moment to possess faith and put faith in action instead of fear. I trust you, God, in the midst of this. I had someone say this to me this week. I experienced something this week that was really, really challenging, really, really hard. And I have <clears throat> a buddy who's in his 20s and he looked at me and he quoted this verse to me and I wanted to punch him in the face. Why? Because my emotions did not feel it. But he was speaking truth to me right then. And so the reality is, is that though you don't feel it, and I did, I said, okay, I don't feel that right now. I feel like that surely, surely God does not want this for me. But this is, would be God actually using the trial as the way that James talks about it here is a test. And nobody likes tests. I mean, we don't like tests because tests demonstrate and show you where you're really at, right? And so anybody, anybody grow up with a pop quiz in school? where you suddenly, I mean, it was okay when you had the test where they gave you the answers <laughs> and you just memorized the answers. I always love those kinds of tests. The worst kinds of tests were the ones where third hour, no preparation, spontaneously, boom, here you go, pop quiz, and I'll see what's, what you really know. Those were the tests that I often failed, right? Because I could fake the test where you just had to memorize it. But when it was the spontaneous pop quiz, 
And when James calls it a test here, I just want to tell you that the way that I see it is it's not so much like the memorized test. It's the pop quiz. You didn't see that trial coming. You had no idea that financial challenge was going to come. You had no idea that relationship was going to break down. You had no idea that you were going to go through that. And so here you have in the midst of this trial, okay, who am I going to be in the midst of this pop quiz? Can I pass this test? And so in the midst of this, you lift your eyes to Jesus and go quitting is not an option. And so God, and this is the way he says in verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith, it's a test. It produces, it's this big word, perseverance. And God's at work in the midst of that test. He's producing something fresh and new inside of you. And you gotta just say, God, I, I am your son. I'm your child and I trust you in the midst of this pop quiz, in the midst of this test, even though it is so difficult. We see the examples throughout church history. We see examples in the Bible, all through the Old Testament narratives. I mean, you've got a moment where one of the pop quizzes I think of that blows my mind is Abraham. Hey, Abraham, I know that miraculously I gave you a son named Isaac. And I know that I've given you promises that are all related to that young man. And I know that he is the son of your old age. And I know that you love him. And I know that he's your boy. But here's what I want you to do. And if you read Genesis 22, this story, I want you to go and sacrifice your boy. Give your boy to me. Everything in our minds break down. Surely that's not God's character. Surely that's not you, God. Surely this can't be the way. I can't understand. And we know the end of the story. And so everything seems nice when you know the end of the story, but you don't know the end of your story right now. You're in the midst of that test. You're in the midst of doing something where you're choosing to fix your eyes on God in the midst of what is so hard and saying, God, I trust you. And I'm gonna put my faith into action, even though I want to depend on my own intellect, even though I want to depend on my own finances, even though I want to do this the American way instead of the Jesus way. God, I cannot figure out why you're calling me this. God, I can't figure out why you'd allow this. God, I don't understand, but God, my faith is not in me. My faith is in you. And so in the midst of that trial, I'm going to pass this test. This pop quiz is not going to ruin me. Joshua, march around the wall seven times. Come on, that's not how most armies do it. Can't we just be like every other army and just go in and win? What are we going to do it like march around and around and around and pray and sing songs? That's the Sunday school way to do it. I want to be a victor. I just want to go in and take the town. My way or your way, Joshua. Come on. What about my way where I look like a hero? Nope, I'm going to be the hero. Ah. All right. We'll sing songs and march and pray and get out the instruments. Walk around at once. Can you just bring the walls down now? Nope, keep going. Twice. How about now? Just let's, they're, they're mocking us. Three times, four times. You know the story. A lot of times we want to quit marching. About the fourth time, you're like, I just want to stop. I'm done. I'm done walking. I'm done. So you're going to have to do this. 
And he's like, my way or your way? God, but my way is so much easier than your way. I know, but I'm working inside of you. I'm doing something. All right. So don't stop on five. Don't stop on six. Because on seven is your miracle. Keep going. I see it in Jesus. I can't fathom. When I read the story of Jesus in the garden, and Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, and he, I mean, imagine sweating blood and saying, is it possible? If it is possible, take this cup from me. I mean, just imagine, Father, come on. I can't, I mean, the most excruciating physical pain, the wrath of God, the sin of the world. Are you kidding me? And you and I, it'd be nice to believe a gospel that just says, hey, come to Jesus. All your problems are gone and life gets easy. But I don't see that in Jesus' life. I don't see that in the apostles' life. I don't see it in church history. I don't even see it in my friends that are following Jesus today. What I see is, follow me and consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know what? I'm at work inside of you. So number one is this. You're gonna go through trials. Sorry, it's just the way it's gonna go. But two, in the midst of those trials, it's a pop quiz, it's a test. And here's the third idea, it's this. In the midst of that test, it's a pathway to maturity. When you go through those trials, trials are a pathway to maturity. You're growing. God is at work in a way that you can't see. And we don't, because we hate trials, we just gotta go, can't we just do this the easy way? Can't, does it, does it, do, I have to, do I have to stay steady? Do I have to persevere? but God's at work in a way that you can't see, so persevere. I love the story that John Wesley told. He says this, it's from his journal. Sunday morning, May 5th, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. <laughs> Sunday night, May 5th, preached in St. John's, deacons said, get out and stay out. <laughs> deacons. Sunday morning, May 12th, preached in St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. <laughs> Sunday morning, May 19th, preached in St. Somebody Else's. <laughs> Deacons called special meeting and said, I couldn't return. Sunday night, May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday morning, May 26th, preached in a meadow. Chased out of meadow as bull was turned loose during my service. <laughs> Sunday morning, June 2nd, preached on the edge of town, kicked off the highway. June 2nd, evening, preached in a pasture, 10,000 people came. I just love that. You know, it's that persistence, trial. Trial, 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 10,000. And I don't know that 10,000 are coming. I don't know. But sometimes 
You just say, God, I trust you through the trials. And you wake up and God goes, I've used what looks like such, such challenging trials, such difficulty, and I'm at work inside of you. Verse four says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature. It's that growing and complete, not lacking anything. And one of the things I've found that in your, when you, when you come out of your darkest moments, like that moment that is so painful, the ministry didn't work out, the challenging physical sickness. And oftentimes on the other side of that trial is something beautiful, is something that God is at work. And you can't always see God's work, you don't know. And so it's in the midst of those trials that you say, I'm gonna choose joy. And this text is so hard. Consider it pure joy when you face it. I mean, just to say that, because the truth is, is, we just wanna say, no, let's just be real. And we feel like it's being fake, right? Like, I just wanna be real. Do not give me some smiley thing to say in the midst of this trial. I'm gonna be ticked, frustrated, annoyed with God, and probably annoyed with you if you try to cheer me up. Because I wanna be real. But James is saying, hey, as you suffer, as you go through hardship, consider it pure joy. I'm, I'm at work. I'm, I, God, God is at work making you mature. When I was a kid, my, uh, my mom was the kind of mom that anytime you got hurt, she just mommed you, you know? She just wanted to take care of you, put 17 Band-Aids on you, and love you. But my dad was the opposite. And uh, when, you, when, when my brother and I got hurt, it, it was my dad's moment to be like, all right, toughen up, son. You, like, I, you, you may be bleeding, but you are not gonna be crying. <laughs> like, let's go. And, uh, and, I, and so when my brother and I were little, he did the same thing, but we'd, we'd get hurt. And, you know, the temptation of the little five or six-year-old boys to start crying when they're hurt in sports. And uh, my mom would always, like, with soccer, like, I, I played soccer when I was a kid, and whenever I would, like, come off the field, like, crying because I had been hurt, you know, my mom wanted to just run and embrace me, but... My dad would always look at me and he'd say this. He'd go like this. He'd go, football smile. And I would like, and he's like, football smile. Football smile. And then he'd say this, the pain is making you tough. And I was like, football smile. And every time, every time you'd be like bleeding, he didn't want you to cry. It was just, come on, come on, football smile. Come on, it's making you tough. And so now I look at my kids, my boys, and when they're like wanting to cry, I go, come on, football smile. And they're like, I can do this. And I'm just telling you, I think, I know that's a little extreme, but I think sometimes when we face those trials, it's literally just radiant people, just football smiling your way through that trial. Like you're driving down the road and your temptation is just to be ticked and angry and it's gonna be the Holy Spirit looking on you going, football smile, consider pure joy. Why? Because God's growing you. You're maturing in the midst of it. And though it's painful at this moment, there is some good that the sovereign God who has the potential to take difficult circumstance and make something beautiful, he is at work. And I am not saying, I am not saying that every cause is him and that's him behind all those things, but I am saying that God in his great love and mercy and strength can use every difficult circumstance for your good and he can take ashes and make something beautiful. 
and he can be at work in what seems like chaos. And so that's my prayer for you is that, is that as you go through whatever trials you go through, that you would know that he's maturing you and he's preparing you and he's at work. And then James says here in verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Like just ask. As you go through your trial, ask God. A, no. This is a real trial, it's real. Two, this is a pop quiz. Three, God's maturing me. That's how I always do it. A, B, three. God is maturing me. And then four, God help me. This is, in, in my experience in ministry, this is kind of one of the prayers I pray the most. James 1, 5. God, I just ask for wisdom. I have no idea what to do right now. And friends, that's how we are in our lives all the time. God, I don't know what to do. Do I do A or B or C? I, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. And so in the midst of that trial, just know he does love to give wisdom. And so just ask him, God, help me. And go to him, God, help me see this the way you see this. God, give me wisdom. My temptation is to fight and just to punch back. They said this, I can't believe that. Oh, I'm so mad. Flight, you know what, I don't even care. I'm just out, just forget them, forget that, just I'm out of here. Fright, fear. I just, I can't handle this. I'm just gonna shrink back in fear or faith. God, I trust you. I'm not gonna fight. I'm not gonna run away. I trust you. And over and over and over again, as you go through your trial, it is the decision that says, I trust you. I'm gonna walk by faith when I feel like walking in fear when I feel like walking in anger, when I feel those emotions, and it's that choice, God, I trust you in the midst of it. And then verse 12, I'll just, we'll close with this. And blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. It's this idea, God, I wanna finish this race, this challenge. And James talks about here this crown of life, the victor's crown. And we find Paul talking this way as well. This victor's crown. I've got my eyes on the end, on the prize. I want you to even imagine what at the end of your trial, as you face that trial, what does it look like coming out on the other side? Is it graduation day? <laughs> is it whatever, whatever is it? Is it restoration of the relationship? What does it look like? But imagine it, know it, be able to articulate it. So that when you ask God, God asked for wisdom in the midst of this trial, but I've got a vision for when I come out of this trial, what it's gonna look like. And you know it and you see it and you see even your own journey so that you can, you can walk through it with faith. You can walk through it and the circumstance doesn't take you out. The trial doesn't take you out. My grandfather, when he was on his deathbed in his 80s, lived in a home and uh, he was down towards the end as his health was declining and my grandmother, who was uh, quite a few years younger than him, she was in her 70s. And I just am amazed by the story that her health seemed fine and his had been declining for many years. But suddenly she passed away in her sleep and uh, he was continuing to live. And so they came to him and 
when they told my grandfather, you know, in his 80s, that his wife had passed away, he began to worship. And I think for us, man, eyes on the prize. Come on, man, the trial is real. It's not, if we're not pretending that it's not real. It is real. That financial thing, that's real. That, that person that spoke badly about you, that's real. That, the, you, you're in real trials. But God, I'm gonna face it head on. This trial's real. I'm not gonna pretend that it's not real. God, I'm gonna pass this pop quiz, this test. God, this is my pathway to maturity. I don't like it. I think I'm more mature than I am. But you're at work. And it feels like I've been passing tests for 40 years. But I trust you. And God, I ask for wisdom. Verse five. I ask for wisdom in this. I, I need your help. Left to my own decision making, I'll fail. I'll, I'll mess up. What's the Jesus way in the midst of this chaos? How, how do I respond to that person? Should I delete that mean email back? How, how would you do this? Help me. Holy Spirit, you're at work inside of me. And I just, I, man, I need wisdom in the midst of every time, every time. No, sometimes not every time. Okay, God, because I got, a, I got this vision of where this thing concludes. I want to pass that test. I want to persevere. I don't want to end and quit. And friends, you and I know that the enemy comes to us. The lie that he tells over and over again is just quit. Just punt. Just, just give up. Just throw yourself into uh, any kind of idolatry or any kind of way other than this surrendered life to Jesus. This all in, I am yours, your life in me. That, and the enemy could just quit. And when you go through those trials, you gotta, you gotta believe this to keep going. When you believe in a God who is really good and yet you're still going through hardship, you gotta believe there's, that God is at work in the midst of the hardship for you to sustain passion day after day. But James tells us he's at work. And sometimes I hear preachers and they'll kind of talk about our suffering is so low compared to the first century church. But I don't wanna do that. I just want us to just realize it's real, it's different but it's real. And your trials, they're real. And even though we're dealing mostly with money and emotions and early Christians were deal dealing with survival and martyrdom. <laughs> that didn't work, did it? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, <laughs> sorry. I just, I do, I do, I, I, I think for me, because I, 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 I always feel like, God, even though they're going through that hardship, my stuff, this is really, this is what I'm going through. This is really real to me. And I don't like it when people hurt me, and they do. So my prayer is just for us in the midst of this that you would, all right, persevere. Make it through. Keep my eyes, crown of life. I'll just close with this. I love this story. This is where we'll end. 
It's a story of William Wilberforce, the young man who was fighting the slave trade in England. He was discouraged one night in the late 1790s after another defeat in his 10-year battle against the slave trade in England. And tired and frustrated, he opened his Bible and began to leaf through it. A small piece of paper fell out and fluttered to the floor. It was a letter written by John Wesley shortly before John Wesley's death. And Wilberforce read it. Unless the divine power has raised you up, I see not how you can go through your glorious enterprise in opposing the practice of slavery, which is the scandal of religion of England and of human nature. Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them together stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. Go on in the name of God and in the power of his might. And that's my prayer for our church today. He's with you. And you've got to fight. You've got to battle. We know Wilberforce became one of the primary leaders in the end of the slave trade in England. And you may have some victories and you may have some failures, but you've got to know this. He's with you. He's working. He sees your trials. And your pop quiz is, God, I trust you in the midst of this trial. Chisel away. Change me. Be at work. Make me a new creation. Help me. I trust you. Amen? Will you just bow your heads with me a moment? Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.